All right, so uh, for everybody listening, welcome to the Tag Bastards Podcast. Sitting down with Gene, uh, the flute master, Jensen. Gene, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a good so, show. Yeah, it's been a good show. We are actually sitting recording this at ICAST 2019. Uh, we're not in the new product showcase. We're uh, actually parking the KBF booth. <laughs> so, Gene, you, you spent a lot of time around the fishing industry, right? No yes. new news. How is it in this industry, with everything you've done, being involved with KBF and everything else, You've managed to keep a clean rep. I mean, I'm just going to hit you with that <laughs> one right now because, look, let's be honest. That's probably the biggest effing challenge when you've, you know, when you've got time on the pond and, and any, with anything you do, right? Yeah. Keeping, yeah. keeping your rep clean and somehow you've managed to do that. How is it? The most important thing in my life outside of God and my family is my integrity. Okay. I will, I will go down with the ship but I'll do it with integrity. Okay. And that's the biggest thing. Is, and, and, and I love the fact that there's people in the world who have tried to, to, to you know, there's haters. You well, know, absolutely. You know I mean, you got it everywhere. Yeah, everybody, they, they judge me according to what other people have done. I don't, I don't get off on that lying stuff. So right. that's just the way it is. And, and I, I feel that the, the people who, uh, who judge me negatively, they don't really matter anyway because they don't know the real me. Right. Well, the real me is, is I don't, I, and, and so, you know, it's just not important, I guess. Right. And so, but that, I guess that leads me to the to the next question, you know, and it, not to come off the wrong way, you know, who is Gene Jensen that we don't see on camera, right? So uh -huh. the Gene Jensen, it's not about who's the real Gene Jensen, but who is, what do we not see on YouTube or when you're filming crap with Chad or whatever it is you've got <laughs> going on, old school bass research, right? When you go through all that stuff. Mm -hmm. What's the guy like? I mean, no shit. What's the guy like at home? You have to ask my kids that. We can arrange that. I mean, it's fine. Um, but I have a loud voice. I don't yell a lot okay. to my kids. They'll think I do, but they'll say I do. Right. But they know when I when I get to the point where they can't hear they can't hear because I'm yelling so loud. They know I'm mad. Okay. And that rarely ever happens. That's how I get my point across. And uh, but I got great kids. I got a great wife. And and uh, at home. Uh, I have eight and a half acres, okay. And I love to garden. I grew up gardening. I grew up in this. I'm the seventh of eight children. They grew up in the in the late '70s, early '80s recession, and so we have always had garden a garden to feed us. And so every other day, I'm picking my beans. Every four days, I'm canning my beans. Okay. That kind of stuff. So we we put up you know eight eight quarts of beans every every right. other day. Right on. Or every four days. And uh, same thing, tomatoes and everything. I just love the garden. I just kind of like to be outside. And my wife thinks it's because I want to avoid her, but it's not the case. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then when I'm with when I'm with Chad, it's a lot of what everybody sees. We rip on each other. We make fun of each other. Uh, when it comes to talking business, we're really frank and you know really frank with each other. To the point. Yeah. 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 When he starts to get on my nerves, he knows it pretty immediately. And the same vice versa. You get the same so. relationship I do with him. Yes. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you may not. You and I may be alternating on that Let's, one good nerve from time to exactly. time. Maybe we should like, hey, uh, I just pissed him off. He's probably gonna call you in ten minutes. Well, it's it's the it's the yeah. military part of us. Right. You know? Exactly. Yep. We ain't got exactly. time to. to and, and I think that's one of those things too that a lot of people don't understand. Uh, you know, especially with Chad because he's got you know I see we'll put it you know that polarizing personality, mm -hmm. but no one realizes the guy that he actually is. Yeah. Behind the scenes, and when you do have an issue, that's that. 
two grown ass men behind a closed door having a very direct conversation. Yep. And nobody's gonna ever know about it. Right. Yep. And it just <laughs> here's the way it's gonna end and and if it's over, you know, if the business relationship's over, the friendship's not gonna be. Right. And that's always the first thing on the table. It's it's yep. gotta be it's gotta operate from that level. Yep. So what what's I guess what's the day at home like for, for your wife and kids with you? Because, I mean, you're on the road a little bit. Yeah. Other than apparently every other day, which I know you're not home every other day. Right. Picking beans. So it's not quite possible. <laughs> but what, what is that, you know, for, for the wife and kids? Does your wife stay at home? My wife is a school nurse. Oh, So okay. when we gotcha. both worked at Medical College of Georgia, okay. it's a trauma center. She's a pediatric trauma nurse. Okay. For 17 years. She got tired of watching babies die. Got it. And so she got to the point where she's like, I just want to go make sure I got the same schedule as the kids. Right. And so she started, uh, she became a school nurse for an elementary school. And then we moved to Rome after I quit my full-time job as an x-ray tech. Um, we moved to Rome and she got a job at the high school um, actually teaching. Okay. And then uh, after a year, they opened up a position as a, for a school nurse for, at the high school. So she just rolled into that position. And so she's got the same schedule as my kids. And uh, which allows me to, when, when they leave in the morning, I go fishing. If she needs me home, I'm home. Okay. Um, but I know that the kids are already always taken care of. We don't have to have special arrangements to make sure right. that they're So you guys got that schedule that just, it's complimentary. Yep, exactly. Okay. How'd you meet your wife? Oh, gosh. Um, I met my wife at a church function. Okay. When I was home on leave um, in 1999. Uh, it was November of 99, and we got married three months later uh, in, uh, in 2000, February 2000, so, or a few months later. Was, I met her in November. We got engaged uh, the 31st of December, and we got married February the 11th. Okay. And we've been married almost 20 years. Right, and so that is the next one, right? I mean, in this industry. Right. Or in a lot of cases, but in this industry, you know, that husband and wife dynamic it either works right or it doesn't yep right and you see a lot more of the latter i mean typically it's the yeah this isn't working you travel too much you're on the road too much you know and i mean i can dude you know both personally and with with other people that i know have just their relationships have blown up because they can't be they, they don't feel like they're engaged enough right at home how have you guys you know i guess combated that over the years uh we talked okay when we first got married, actually before we got married, um, one of our religious leaders who, who uh, gave us some advice, and he said, every day, no matter where you are, make sure you tell each other you love them. No matter what, make a phone call, text. Well, text weren't, there wasn't any text. The way text was gonna say. But yeah, now I we text yep. and that kind of stuff. He just says, make sure. Yeah, just make sure you say you love them. And it, and, and it does help, but the biggest thing is, is we communicate. Um, it doesn't take long for me to tell her I'm not, I'm not happy with what's going on, and it doesn't take her long. Uh, she no longer slams doors. She, she, when we first got married, she'd get mad at me and she'd start slamming cabinet doors. Okay. Now she doesn't do it. She just comes straight at me and says, hey, let's talk about this. And it's just an honest communication. Right. And, and we have goals. Our goals is to raise, raise good children, right. uh, be godly people, and treat everybody nice and treat everybody well. She is the most um, selfless woman I have ever met in my life outside of my mother. And she'll agree with me 100%. And so, uh, you know, it's that's just what makes us happy is helping other people and and uh, and taking care of each other and our family. So, okay. So now you and I've been around each other on trips. 
right? Mm -hmm. And I know you walk in, I go walk in looking in the fridge, you know, because we're staying you know, in the same cabin or whatever. <laughs> and I go walk in and look in the fridge, and there is a stack of pre-prepped meals. Yep. Who's doing that? Me. You're doing the pre-prepped meals. Yeah, not, not like you see with Chad, Christy's doing all his pre-prepping. Right. Yeah, with me, I do all my own. Because one thing is I, my, I season all my food, and I'm, I'm uh, growing up, my father literally would sit down with herbs and spices, and we would go through the herbs and spices and figure out which, and he would tell me which ones go with what and what go together. And, I mean, I can mix up a, a, the best Indian garam masala uh, spice mix that you can you ever had. Uh, I love Indian food about and everything herb else. Resource? So. Herb resource. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love. I mean, my spice cabinet in the kitchen is the largest cabinet in the in the kitchen because I love that kind of stuff. So I, I just make my own food and. I, so that's I, but I that's really your your you know and, and we've talked about this already and all but so that's kind of your back when you're not fishing right not in the garden right. not but it's it's the kitchen right yep it's yeah, the kitchen it's the and kitchen. the smoker and the grill and the well, but everything associated yeah. with it right yeah. my son and i are designing a pit smoker right now to go in the backyard yeah that kind of stuff gotcha <laughs> speaking of your son you've been fishing with him recently yep, in the kayak, Jordan. right yep yeah and so how's that gone good he actually i would have when jordan was younger i would have never guessed that he was the the patient fisherman type right because he's kind of got a a, a a short fuse okay but uh but he um, he doesn't like to get off the boat, even if we're not fishing. I'm like, hey, we got to go home. And he's like, no. If we're not catching him, he just he just still just wants to fish. And so I'll take him out. I'll drop him off at a spot, and I'll go take the kayak somewhere else. And I'll leave him fishing, and he'll wear him out. Right. You know. And uh, I'm helping him right now learn to read electronics and learn to fish offshore because it's summertime and that kind of stuff. And he and he sucks it all in. Just a lot of fun. My 17-year-old is all into motors. I know enough about motors to get dangerous, right. so I let him do his motor thing. I, you know, I give him the area to do it, and he's rebuilding a uh, a little uh, pocket bike right now. And okay, he turned a, a uh, he made a, um, a lawnmower last month. He made a lawnmower go 25 miles an hour. So yeah, he, so, and he's 17 years old. He just loves that stuff. But yeah, yeah Jordan's doing great fishing though. Well, that's good. Yep. And and that is the other thing. Yeah. So you've obviously taught the kids to fish, right? Did you have to teach your wife to fish? Um, you know where I'm going with it. Yeah, I know where you're going with it. To be honest with you, up until Chad helped her catch her first bass, yeah, she has showed absolutely zero interest in fishing. So do you, do you attribute that? Because I mean, I remember we've obviously this has been one of those gone going things. Chad's yep. talked about this a lot, but <laughs> do you do you think? Because I always look at it with my kids, right? There's things that yep. I can tell them they could give a shit that it's coming out of dad's mouth, how, no matter how solid the advice is, right? right? Yep. Dad, what the hell does he know? Yep. So do you think it's kind of that same mindset or do you think- No, just, she just never just, wanted to go fishing with The me. timing was just right. Yeah, the timing was right. She, her priority is raising our children and right. it always has been. And she's a clean freak, she's a nurse. Well, uh, yeah. And, and so she is exactly. OCD clean. And so her, I, to, that, to, to that point, I thought the only kind of fun she had was cleaning the house. And I'm being honest with yeah. you. That was you, you haven't like bought her a vacuum or anything for Christmas. Oh, always. Daddy. That's what she wants. What? That's what I'm telling you. That's, dude. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know I'm, what she look. wants now? She wants a Roomba for her birthday. Nice. I don't have the money for it right now, but it's coming. But, you know. Yeah. She borrowed one from her sister. That was the problem. Right but on. It, so, yeah, I mean, it's just she, up until that point, it was just timing. She wanted, She was in the kayak. Chad pointed out a, a spot to cast to. She casted to it, and she caught a fish. 
the Chad and, and you, squat. But. And, it never, and you hadn't heard the end of that shit since? Yeah, I'll never hear the end no, of that. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. The, uh, so, speaking of kayak fishing. Yep. Tournaments. Yep. You know, you, you kind of called your shot <laughs> about fishing the national championship yep. for this next year. And the first comment was, well, you're not even qualified yet. Uh-huh. So you went out and fished your first event. Yeah. What'd you do? Finished third. Finished third. Uh, my goal was, I think I probably, I, I think if I'd have gone to my big fish spot, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have, um, I'd have come close to winning that one. Okay. But my goal was to finish in the top 16. There are 160 people there. Top 10% goes to the national championship. Right. I just want to qualify for the national championship. Okay. So I sat on my number spot all day long. And, uh. And so ended up in third. I mean, it's I'm happy with it. Absolutely happy, happy right. with it. And so uh, I start pre-fishing for the national championship next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's so, okay. National championship. Yep. Right. Um, you, you've continued to fish. You've, yep. you've been doing the monthlies. Yep. Month-long events. You and I had a conversation here a couple <laughs> weeks or so ago. Yes, we did. And and you actually called me and. It was basically, I'm, look, I'm DQing myself. Yeah, and, and my son. And, and, and your son, which, you know, I'm like, wait, what? But I don't th I think that, you know, you go back, and, and I, if this is kind of that full circle piece, right? Right. You go to the integrity deal. Yeah. Right? Not, no one knew you were doing that. Only one person did, the guy that, that pointed out the rule. Right, but yeah, the reality is, no one would have said shit. You, no. You, you could have gotten, it's a month long, Probably could have gotten away with it. If maybe, you, maybe, eh, but, but still. But yeah. point being, yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Right. You know. And so when you called me, I kind of went to, hey, look, okay, this is the, this is the rule. And you're like, absolutely. I mean, I blew that rule right about. <laughs> I blew that some bitch out of the water, <laughs> so man. The, the rule that it was, was the the mother shipping rule. Right. And when I read it, well, the last time I read the rules was before the Gunnersville tournament. And when I read it, because it was Gunnersville, and because I fish a big boat, right. a lot at Gunnersville. In my head, I read it as no mother shipping with big boats and motors. Right. And then so I get I get which is a part of that rule. Right. I get literally seven days at the end of the challenge, this uh, the July challenge tur uh, tournament. No, the June challenge tournament. Yeah. Seven days left in the tournament, and uh, my buddy Jim Clark contacts me through P uh, through DMs, and he and he sent me that the rule, and I he said yeah. he said read this again. <laughs> so I yeah. read it again. I'm like, crap. Yeah. What I'd been doing is I'd been towing my 15-year-old son to his spot on these lakes down the road from our house. Right. And leaving him there and letting him fish and me going to my own spot. That way I was staying close to him. Absolutely. Because he's not a strong paddler. And, and I just wanted to stay within earshot of him. And I've got a torpedo and I was going to be all over the place. Right. So I made sure he stayed close to me. So... Uh, when I reread the rule and it says watercraft, it doesn't say big boat, it doesn't yeah. say motor boat, it says exactly. watercraft. And I said, ah, crap. Yep. So within five minutes, I was trying to get a hold of you. And yeah. and the cool thing is, is and the, the whole thing that I think uh, is the best that came, best thing that came out of it is I taught my son. Stop lying to these people. Okay. <laughs> I taught my son. Uh, about integrity. He got a good lesson about how important right. the rules of tournament fishing are and how important it is to maintain those rules. Did it give me a, 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 a competitive advantage? Did it give him a competitive advantage? At the time I was in the lead of the tournament with 109, 108 inches. Yeah. He had 102 inches and he was like in fourth. 
you never know. Right. So I don't think it did. I probably could have argued that, but it was still, it was a rule, it was a rule. Yeah, rule's a rule. Yep. Exactly. And you know, and with that, a couple national championships ago, uh, for young guns, Amanda Brannon, we DQ'd her son, because, and, and he got, he got ratted out by uh, by Big Matthew uh -huh. for casting in before lines in. He's sitting uh, out there and then just happens to do one of these. And he wasn't thinking. Wasn't just, thinking. Yep. And guess what? It's time for a commercial break. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode with Gene Jensen. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Calco's Fishing. Thank you to, for all of the, what they have done for us. If you want to get a discount code, check out the show notes. Check around the socials at Calco's Fishing or go online at calcosfishing.com. Back to the podcast. See y'all later. Two minutes early, catches a fish. Oh, shoot. <laughs> you know, lands one. He's like all giddy, and it's like, son of a, you know, because, and what do we do? We, you know, we DQ'd him. And, yep. you know, Matthew and Amanda were adamant about that. And it's like, look, the, these are the rules. Mm -hmm. it, it, there's no gray area here. Right. Okay. Did you or did you not do this? Yes. And then you're DQ'd. So, yep. You know, and that is that integrity piece, and that—that that is what we have to do, oh, yeah. whether we like it or not. I don't think—I don't think some people really get that from time to time. You know that, look, the rules are written for a reason. Yep. Right. And they're—and they're not all perfect. And I think everybody knows that. And I don't care what series you're fishing, whether you're—you're you're fishing the Hobie series, and, and AJ and I talk about this, whether it's Hobie, Cats, KBF, everybody's rules still need to be tweaked. Yeah. Because we're all learning. Because this thing is continuing to evolve. Technology changes, we change. Yeah. Cheaters change. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag, you know, snag proof. But snag proof. Um, yeah. <laughs> One last shout out for that shit. But anyway, the, uh, but you know, you've got to just maintain that across the board. And yeah. if you don't, our sport's never going to really grow, right? Yeah. It's never going to get to where we need it to be. Yeah. So, one thing that a lot of people may or may not know, we're Fluke Master. Where Sam, how did that, that come from? Well, you remember back in early 2000s, 2002, 3, yeah. 4, and 5, the forums were really big, bass yep. fishing forums and stuff like that. Well, I joined uh, a forum that doesn't exist anymore. What's the name of it? Um, bass Fishing Homepage. And you had to come up with some stupid screen name. And I'm like, well, I'm in the middle of trying to learn everything I can possibly learn about a fluke. So why not give myself a motivating name? And right. I thought it, it's just one of those things where I figured it'd go away. Well, then I joined Bass Resource and got on staff on Bass Resource and was with them for 10 years. Right. And YouTube started about halfway through that and it started to grow. And when it came, most people don't know, the original name of my channel was The Fishing Partner. Ah. And I had, and so I had that for about two years and my buddies and fans over at Bass Resource said, what the heck are you thinking? Name it Fluke Master. That's your brand. And I'm like, duh. And so I didn't want to keep it Fluke Master, but right. it had already stuck and I had to stick with that brand. And I like it. I own it, but it's, you know, it is what it is. I, it is what it is. Gotcha. Yeah, some people may not know that. I just yeah. figured, I mean, it's been in conversation before, but, right. you know, why not, why not get it out there, you know, to the masses? Yep. So at this point in your career, air quotes around it because I always jokingly air quotes around this all, all, all of us former military guys yeah, exactly. are now doing this right yep. career career um, what would you do different be a little bit more selective about who I trust okay 
because I'm very trusting and I've been screwed a lot. Yeah. And if I could do anything different, is just be careful who you work with. I, my friends are my friends. I got a bunch of them sitting around me right now. Yeah. And I know the yeah, ones got, I can we trust. Got, we got a nice little crapper, but yeah. you can't see I know see the ones I can trust. Audio. I know the ones I need to watch a little bit. I'm looking at Jamie Dennison right now, if anybody's yeah. wondering. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so for everybody that's, that's listening, you know, Cody Milton's here, Tim Bears is sitting here. I am not going to bring him Yeah, up, we, got some, we got some characters in the booth. We got the Tennessee Moving Waters, Nick and JG sitting but, over here. But, yeah. What's that? Completely untrustworthy. Yeah. Yep, but yeah, exactly. we we are seriously the the biggest thing is is just who I trust and who I don't and I and I, and I'm still very trusting. I just have gotten to the point where I kind of can tell if they're going right. to continue. What to be the intent is, yeah, the long term exactly. intent. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And then for for the anglers that you weren't into at ICAST, because I mean this is an industry show. Typically, you're not going to see a ton of anglers here that you're going to teach anything to. Right. Yeah. Right. These are all. For the anglers that show up, you've got a lot of guys that already have a name for themselves. But we do have ones running around um, that, that there is a lot to learn. Yep. Right. Well, I guess what's the, if you have three big things to point out to say, hey, do these things, do these things first, what would they be? Uh, that's Actually, awesome. Tim just, just so everybody knows, people are laughing. There's a nice little sign. Tim's holding up, we love Eugene. Yep, yep exactly. That's great. Maybe we should get a chant <laughs> going on. Tim about. Beers. Um, I can let me say one thing. Mm -hmm. The one thing I would tell everybody to learn is the one thing that totally changed my career. And, and when I say career, as in just fishing, right? It made me the. It made me a, a ten times, twenty times a better fisherman. Focus on finding fish. I spent two years learning how to find fish. I didn't care whether I caught them or not. I spent two years looking for the bite and figuring out why fish are where and why they why they move and where they move to and how they move to and what conditions change things. I stopped focusing on the bait and stopped focusing on the equipment and started focusing on the, the little critter up under the water. And when I did that and spent my, I don't know how many thousands of hours reading and studying about how to find fish, that changed everything. And Cody's over here nodding his head. It, that's that's the game. Well, and, and I. I would agree with that 100%. And it's sometimes it, people don't realize that they've done it. They just don't know what scale they need to take it to. Yes. Because you think about it, just simple stuff. Everybody's got that body water they fish, and they know, hey, look, if I can't get a bite, I know where to go. Yep. You know, this time of year, I just know where the fish are going to be. They go there, they get bit, confidence grows, they catch a few more fish, right? Yep. And I, I it, your point is 100% correct. And, you need to just keep doing that, but it can't be the same spot, the same spot on the same yeah, body of water. Mean, what, the way follow I, the fish. The way I explain it is you can't find them if they're not there. Yeah. Or you can't catch them. You can't catch them if they're right. not there. And so, and then getting to the point where you have identified, that you know in your head that you have found them. Because there's always that one stinking fish you catch that's doing something totally wrong. Yeah, because he's stupid. Yeah, he's stupid. Or he's yeah. just in the wrong place. That'll throw you completely off of what you're, where you were going. But... It's it's time on the water, getting out there and learning how to find them before you figure out how to fish for them. All right, and you said it's what's one of the things you gotta, you brought up, you know, with the 15 year old, and I've got the same problem with my 16 year old. Mm -hmm. He He's not at that level yet, right? And he knows. No, he's like, don't even bother putting electronics on my boat. Yeah. Why, because I'm not gonna use them. <laughs> this is what I'm gonna go do. Because last year, this time, this is what they were doing. Yep. Well, what if they're not in this last tournament he fished, 
they weren't anywhere near where they were before. And he was screwed. So he was standing up backwards on the blue sky on the very front with the motor running, running it, just seeing if he could, he could tip it over. That's what his tournament day turned into. Huh. Yeah, circus clown. Yep. So, but I think it's, that's, that's a valid one. So that's one. Okay. Fast you for three. Okay, the next one is once you've found them. Yep. Figure out what mood they're in. They're gonna be in two different moods. They're either gonna want chase, or they're gonna want it on the bottom. And you learn that from your first two bites. Okay. Okay. If you're reeling it up to the boat and a bass hits it on its way up to the boat, they're suspended. They're not on the bottom. If you're dragging on the bottom and you feel a thump, but you don't feel a lot of slack in the line, they literally got their bellies on the bottom. If you're dragging a jig and you feel a thump and that line jumps, they came down on it. So they're just off the bottom. Figure out what kind of mood they're on, how they want it, how they want their bait move, your, the bait move. But once you figure out kind of how they want to hit it, then you can tweak the action of your bait, the size of your bait and everything else, so. Gotcha. All right, and then what's your third one? Oh, no. I mean, first two are good. We'll go, we'll go well, with one more. Well, my focus this year with my videos is fish finders. So now that I'm getting my big boat's gonna be, you know, gonna be set up and the, and the kayak's now got the Ray Marine element on it. Right. I'm gonna focus more on showing people fish finders. So the next one would be spend time learning how to read fish finders. And the reason I say that is that's another avenue that the industry has forgotten about the art of teaching. Yep. They don't teach you how to use their units. They just want you to buy them. Right. I think that's a valid point. I mean, I know the rants, I don't know if they still do it. I know a couple years back they were having their seminars. You'd go, you'd go to a show yep. and Lowrance has everything set up, right? Yep. And now I'm not a Lowrance guy. I've got Ray Marine on my on my kayak as well. And so I, but that was one of the things that I, I feel like is that we need to do yep. is teach people how to do that. There's yep. guys that have done it on YouTube for a variety of different units, but I think just like you said, on the big scale, yeah. That education piece is a problem. Yeah, it's not and, happening. and it's I want to teach people how to read a fish finder, not a Ray Marine element. Right. Not a axiom. You know, I want to teach people that what the kind of things they're looking for, and then because I'm using Ray Marines, I'm going to try to explain it as a you know you can go in right. and figure out how to get to this point on your fish finder, and I'm getting it to to this point on mine. You know, and then all the adjustments and the tweaks that you do depending on the water clarity and all that other stuff. And it's not too, it's, uh, it's not too complicated. No. It's just that everybody has gotten to the point where they don't trust their electronics because there's been so much crap come over out in the last 20 years. Right. And so now that we've got better electronics and you know the seven inches are even more affordable now than they've ever been, and they're great. You've got great imaging. You just need to be able to see what, know what you're looking at. Right. And trust that that's what it is. Exactly. So. Right on. Well, okay. We're done. Show's over. Yep. For the most part. What did we forget to talk about? I don't know. What, Tim, a PFD? Tim wants to talk about PFD. Tim wants me to talk about a PFD. I always wear mine. <laughs> there's a there's a couple of videos where I've done it on purpose. I've got yep. I paddled away from my truck, yep, and stopped and turned around and went back to my truck to get my PFD, just to show how important it is to right. have it. 
Um, and a couple of times I've done it on accident. I'm so excited about going out and fishing and I get away and I'm like, wait a minute, something's missing and I'm missing my PFD. What I say, and I've got a little bitty video I'm gonna launch on my YouTube channel just because I have it. Um, it talks about reasons to wear your PFD. If you're a kayak fisherman and you have a PFD that does not have pockets, throw it away and get you one with pockets. If you put your cell phone in your PFD and you put a couple of tools in your PFD, you're gonna wanna wear that sucker to get to those, those yep. that equipment. I, I, yeah. You know, give yourself a stupid excuse to wear your PFD. If you're gonna be stupid and not wanna wear it, give yourself a stupid excuse to wear I it. I use the little leash inside yep. for my key to my truck. Yeah. Right? Up out of the way so it's not gonna fall out my damn pocket. Right. And it's not gonna fall because it's it's now attached. I'm good, it's a win. And then of course I've got some Cinco's in the pockets because and some split ring pliers because I'm never the only reason why I ever have Cinco's is if Chad sneaks them in there. Well <laughs> that's just so he can say that I, I have Cinco's. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> I will own that. I, I throw Cinco's uh, a lot. But, but yeah, dude, that's but, you know, split ring pliers, I mean all that that stuff. Yep. I wanna have same thing I wanna have handy. But I think you're right. It's a great forcing function to do that. Yeah. You know, we see a lot of, there's been a lot of churn. I talked about this earlier today in a few other interview deals, but about zipping your PFD, why do you have to have it zipped up? Why do you have to have the buckles buckled? Yeah, yeah. I, gee, I, I don't know. Why, why would you need to zip a PFD all the way up? Right. Well, because that's the way it's meant to function, right? That's how they test them. There's right. a reason when you go get on a jet ski and it's got a zipper, and that sucker hugs your body, right? Like, I don't know. I'm not even gonna. I can't even make a reference. It's <laughs> this is an explicit yep. damn podcast. I can't even put that on there. Yeah. But when you got that zipper, right? And all of a sudden, you've got body parts rolling out, stomach stuff rolling out. Then you've got three buckles you got to put on. Right. That's all required. It's all required because of the speed at which you're going on the jet ski. Now, okay, so kayak, you're, yeah, you're not hauling ass. Right. Even with a torpedo, you're not hauling ass. But you got a zipper, and you get typically you got a bottom buckle on, on the NRS anyway, and then yep. some you got a couple buckles across the front. Well, if you got a couple buckles across the front, that's because that zipper didn't work enough when they tested it to keep your ass in yeah. that PFD if you're knocked out and end up in the water. Yep. And now, if the if the top of that zipper drops down an inch, you got four or five freaking teeth showing. Is that a disqualifying deal? Well, no. I mean, that, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Right, because a lot of those. And we actually tested it. Uh, we, I tested it with some Navy friends, and we took the PFD, and we just pulled on a little bit. And, and every one, like NRS has that little latch you can hold it with, but let's face it, most people don't use that. Right. But you go pulling on it, that zipper will creep a little bit. You take that down a little further, though, you know, it, it doesn't want to pull. Yeah, it comes right open. But the bigger issue is you jump in the water, it rides, mm -hmm. and it rides up quick, and you, now you're not winning. You know, now you're losing. So that's why that that's why we care about it. That's why that rule's there. And I just I still don't get what the big issue is. Where the damn PFD? You know, I I fish some of the hottest places in yeah, the US. You do. With the Chinook. Yeah. And I ain't a skinny dude. I got a lot of what? insulation. I never noticed that. Yeah, thanks to travel season, I gain all 30 pounds back every year. Every year. <laughs> Free so charge. It has nothing I, to do with those meals you prep yourself. No, mm -mm, no, it's everybody, wants, everybody else wants to feed me. But uh, it, it gets, it's it's something you deal with because right. one, the one thing I, one, excuse me, the one thing I tell people is that when you fall out of your kayak, mm -hmm. it gets away from you very quickly. Fact. It's just a piece of plastic. Fact. 
you know, and yeah, so. Yeah, and, and that water without you in it, yeah. moves that boat quick. It does, I fell out of my, my bona fide, first time I've ever fell out of a kayak. Uh, in Louisiana right after the national championship. I dropped a radio in the water, it bobbed twice. I leaned over to get it and I leaned too far right. and I started to go in. So instead of tip, you know, tipping all of my crap out, right. I, I flopped myself into the water. I turned around and my kayak was already 15, 20 feet away from me. Yep. Wind wasn't blowing, nothing. Well, 15, no, but just feet. the fact of you falling in the water, you know, yep. the, the little bit of ripple that's created. Yeah, pushes it away. Pushes it right away. And if there's any, and, and I, you hear the argument, well, you get knocked out, blah, blah. How many times are you going to get knocked out? It one only in, it only one in 100, once. but yep. it only takes one. It only takes once. It only takes once. My argument is it's more likely the boat's going to get away from you. And if you don't have your PFD on, you can't swim very far. I don't care how healthy yeah, you are. And the other, the other factor is, you know, a lot of guys, and I mean, and gals, I can throw that in there, but typically it's the guys because it's the pride piece. Yeah. But let's be honest, cold water they're not they're dressed warm yeah but they're not layered the right way to survive or make it through a swimming evolution back to the kayak yeah and so if your pfd is half-assed then yep. you know you're then you're typically half-assed yep exactly and right. it was fun to watch the reaction on scott's face and chad's face when i fell in the water nobody grabbed a camera i'm so disappointed all uh, right that's crazy nobody. so <laughs> you know so you know matt and tim from a <clears throat> tactical bass were over here earlier yeah and Matt kayak, you know, these guys are kayak fishing now, and Matt catches just a beast, right? Post it, Chad's like, woo, check this out, post a picture of it. Matt's got no PFD on. Right. And Chad, you know, hey, you know, no wear, no share. Chad took a ration of shit, which, you know, it's fine. He didn't even, he was looking at the fish, didn't even look. Right. You know, and Matt this morning was like, you know, hey, look, I had it. It was actually sitting right next to me. Well, it's not doing you any good there. Yeah. Right? So, and he's just like, yeah, you know, it, that's, but that's that mindset. And, you know, you've done it. You've transitioned like I have from a boat to a kayak. Yep. Right? Some guys want to transition the other way. We've gone back, oh, yeah. you know, back to that. And it is tough to get back in that mindset. It is. Where you don't take it off. I mean, I'm used to that big motor shuts down. That sucker's gone. Yep. I'm the same way. And now <laughs> I wear it and I just, I don't, I rarely take it off in yep. the boat. Yeah, depends on the conditions for me. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Right if it's cold, I'm, I got it on. Yeah. You know? Gotcha. So that's. But yeah, dude, it's. I don't know. It's just too many things can go wrong. Too many people die every year, and right. it's just like a seatbelt. How many? What percentage of them? Yeah. Is it worth the risk at yeah. the end of the day? It's not. Right on. Well, Gene, I appreciate the time on the podcast, yes, brother. Uh, obviously, I see you around a lot. But uh, what do you got coming? What's next, man? What's next with Flute Uh my next big trip is to um, uh, Minnesota. I've got to go to the Alumacraft Dealers Conference, and then I usually stay a week or two later and fish by myself on Malax and Leech Lake, no or go to Lacrosse, or yeah. Park He's not picking <laughs> beans every other day. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I. I'm just. I'm going to spend a whole lot of time up there filming because it's cooler. Yeah. yeah, it's middle of August, and you don't want to be in the South in the middle of August, right? If you can get away with it. Yep. So I'm oh. going to stay up there and film. No, absolutely. Right yeah. on. And uh, anything that you've seen here that at the at ICAST that just is like, oh man, I don't. I'm not going to use Game Changer because right there's well, and what I tell people about Game Changers, the only Game Changers right now in the industry are in propulsion. Yeah. You know the 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 uh, the Minkota um, 
Ultrax when it came out. It was a, it changed the way I fished right. in a big boat. It was right. a a game changer. Um, I think that the the new Hobie Drive, the 360, mm -hmm. is as close as you can get to one without calling it one. It's if I was in a Hobie, it would change the way I I, I fished yep. and moved as I was fishing. You know that kind of stuff. Um, totally impressed about that. Um, uh, the new Lowrance and new Garmin uh, trolling motors. Yep. Uh, they are very new on the market, but those things are having a silent trolling motor. It makes all the difference in the world. Oh no, I agree. Yeah. I mean, you've been in a kayak and had a boat, big boat come by on a trolling motor, and I've had my whole entire school shut down for 30 minutes. Yep. And then come up, and they, 30 minutes later, they start biting again. So, yeah, it's to have a silent troll motor that'd be great right other than that it's all the same same i've been doing this my 12th iCast. yeah um and it's everything is reinventing the same thing over and over again 13 fishing's got some new baits coming out that are that i've had a lot of say in okay uh that i'm pretty excited about um uh they got a, the one thing that that is the one bait that's different than nobody's ever seen that type of bait before is a weedless spook style bait walking uh, spook style bait it's got a soft back like a topwater frog but it's got a hard hard head hard main body right. that rattles um, and a lot of innovation went into that one and it's gonna be it's the only bait that's not available right now on the market that's being introduced at ICAST it'll be available okay. next year but um, yeah it's just a lot they've got a, probably 20 different baits coming out this year okay so they're getting into it hard. Right on. Excellent. Well, once again, Gene, thanks. Yes, sir. I greatly appreciate you taking the time on the show. We'll get this thing up and uh, keep moving forward, brother. Right I'll on. Talk to you soon, man. Thank thanks, you. Richard. Thanks. Tech oh, one, two. Shit, you're good. Excuse me. Hello. I don't know what else to say. I just got in a new kayak. We call it the Vibe 127. Oh, it's this. Mm. Now, the funnier part is we're actually recording Gene now. This will probably be in the outtakes. Uh, they won't know it's me anyway. <laughs> it, will be, it will be if it's in the outtakes of the Gene Jensen podcast. <laughs> just saying. <laughs>